uh, did not think it was possible that uh, y'all would sound better at the second time around. And the first, I didn't think there was any way that band, choir, orchestra, that you could sound better than you did in first service. And that's, I was wrong. You were even better. So thank you for leading us um, to worship you on this most significant day in the Christian calendar. The most significant day for the church of Jesus Christ. Um, welcome to all of you who are here, those online. Um, uh, Drew Smith, I get the privilege of being the, the pastor at the church of Jesus Christ that meets in this, this particular location at College Hill Presbyterian Church and the privilege of being able to, to talk today about the power of the resurrection. Now I will, uh, I've got my, uh, hot tea with me now just cause my, my voice is a, a little, um, shot. And part of that is because I've been spending, um, last Sunday I was hanging out with the nursery and the kids. And then yesterday hung out with around 150 kids who picked up 10,000 eggs, I think in world record time. Outside. <clears throat> so I may reach down and grab. Don't worry, I'm not fainting when I reach down. I'm just getting my, uh, my water if I, I need it. And, you know, and it was really, it's fun to hang out with kids because when you do, you, uh, you know, they're sort of unfiltered in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? And, and with them, I can learn a lot about adults when you watch kids. Because kids, their, their affect, you know, they're, they're where they are emotionally. It, it depends on which way the wind is blowing. Totally dependent on their circumstances. Their, their happiness, uh, their joy, it's totally dependent. I mean, yesterday we had a poor, poor child that showed up, I don't know, three and a half minutes late for the Easter egg hunt. Here's a hint. Don't show up late for an Easter egg hunt. Because three and a half minutes, I mean, it's gone. Uh, all you, all you, all I had was an empty egg to to share with him. But it, tears were flowing and all the rest. And he was not comforted when I said, "Well, you know, this is like the empty tomb. Jesus is risen." Uh, that didn't help him one one bit. <clears throat> yeah, and hanging out in the nursery, you know that the, the kids are happy one minute. They got the toy, then they drop it on the floor, and it falls behind them, and then they're crying. Because they can't find their toy. They had their goldfish snack. They're happy. And then they run out. Or, you know, the person next to them steals a couple of them. And then they're crying. Circumstances. Whatever the circumstances are, that's where they are. And I'm not so sure that we adults have grown up that much since then. We, we might be able to hide it a little bit. But, you know, we just... And they're still in the midst of a pandemic. And uh, we go out of that, so that starts to settle. Then we get a war going on in Ukraine and Russia. And then flowing from that comes inflation and rising prices in a variety of ways. And, and we're crying all every step of the way because we also, our emotional state can be totally determined by our circumstances. Fear, pain, loss, they're real. They're, they're, they're real, but they can take over our souls. And what we're going to find today, we're, we're going we're to look particularly at Peter, the Apostle Peter. And we're going to see how the circumstances 
at one point overwhelmed him. And then something happened. And the circumstances had no bearing on him because there was something greater at the anchor, the foundation of his life. Now, Peter, you know, he, he was one of the first apostles. He was one of the first ones that said, I'm following Jesus. I'm all in. The chips, he puts all his chips on the table when Jesus invites him to come follow him. And, and Peter, was, he's a career of a fisherman. He goes, and he left, left all his fishing stuff, all his nets, and he followed after Jesus. He had mom and dad, he left them all. He was all in for following Jesus. And for three years, he moved around the community and he went with Jesus and they did powerful things. They healed people, they fed people, even saw people raised from the dead. And he's like, this is the one. Jesus is the one who's going to bring salvation to me, to my people. He's going to bring salvation to this world. And then on Friday, just this last Friday, Jesus was executed on a cross as a criminal, paraded through the town, shamed and embarrassed, joked about as he's hanging on the cross. And Peter is there seeing his whole life shattered, destroyed. And then on top of that, in the midst of that, in the midst of all that's that's going on, people start to ask him, hey, don't you know him? And the one that he had given his whole life to, the one he had sworn allegiance to, the one he had promised to follow even to death, he denied him. Three times within the vision of Jesus even. Totally overwhelmed by the circumstances. Understandably so. Pretty harsh situation that Peter's in. But then, we're going to read a passage that's just six weeks later. And Peter is going to be preaching to thousands. He's going to be speaking with conviction, with strength, with power, with truth. What happened? What what happened to make him live no longer according to the circumstances? Because the circumstances were pretty serious. He still had the Romans. He still had the other religious leaders looking for him, ready to take him down, just like they took down Jesus. Matter of fact... Peter eventually does die for the faith. His story is that he's crucified upside down. He refused to be crucified like Jesus, so he wanted to be crucified upside down. So his circumstances didn't really change. All that was going on outside of him didn't really change. But something happened within him to give him that foundation, that anchor, so that he was he had that same purpose and mission. Regardless of the circumstances. All right. Uh, Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 22. And this is the, uh, a selection of the, the first sermon that we find in the, uh, in the scriptures. And the first sermon recorded uh, ever in the, the Christian church. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Thank you as it speaks to us of your truth. 
And we, we ask, Lord, that your spirit would indeed give us the, the same power that we're going to see in Peter to, to live for you in the midst of whatever may be going on around us or even inside of us. So we offer ourselves to you and ask for each one of us here, each one of us that's watching, that we would receive from you the implications, the power of the resurrection. What we've been seeing about would make it, continue to make it real in our lives. In Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. So, Peter, before the crowd, speaking to them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You've made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ. That he was not abandoned to Hades. Nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up. And of that we all are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the first thing that happened for um, Peter is that he saw the risen Jesus. He, He realized that Jesus is the real deal. I mean, imagine where he was before the resurrection. Distraught. Chaos all around him. Turmoil all within him. I mean, I, I think, I think about, you hear these stories every once in a while about babies that are swapped, you know, in the hospital. And then, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And then they find out 20, 30 years later. 
You know, some, something happens, we have a medical procedure, and it just shows, hey, wait a minute, this, this isn't, y'all don't match. And it reveals, you know, what, who their birth parents were, or who their birth parents aren't. And, and what kind of cognitive dissonance you think they would be going through? You know, what, is this really, has my life been a lie? I mean, what should be true? What should be real? What, what should I do now? I, I mean, Peter, this is an atomic cognitive dissonance. That the one he'd given his life to, who he thought was life, the one who was going to save the world, is now dead. So then, on Sunday morning... When he goes and sees that Jesus is real, it all comes rushing back. Yes, he is the one. He is life. He is God in the flesh. He is who I thought he was because now he's demonstrated he even conquered death. Jesus is the real deal. He's now filled with power and ready to follow him to his own death. He's seen Jesus. And he recognizes, as he quotes from uh, Psalm 16, that this has been God's plan all along. I mean, the, he, he quotes from King David, from Psalm 16, that, who had written a, a thousand years before Jesus. So, three thousand years ago from today, David had written about this one who was not going to die. Uh, this, this one who was always with us. And that David, in the midst of the, all the tumult in his life, he's saying these kinds of things that in him, that he, he, his heart would always be glad. His tongue would always rejoice. He would always dwell in hope that this one who death could not conquer, he would always show him the paths of life. That he would be full of gladness forever in his presence because death would not touch this one. And Peter is now saying, this is the same for me. Now I know with full joy, full assurance, and full hope that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And I can follow him with everything I am and know that it's secure no matter what happens. This was God's plan all along. Jesus indeed is the real deal. Even more, Jesus comes and gives merciful forgiveness to all who will receive it. And Peter was first in line for that forgiveness. Because remember what he did on that day of crucifixion. He had denied Jesus three times in front of Jesus. He led the ones that mattered. And granted, I understand why he would do that. I do that. I wimp out all the time. Yeah, when you're in in a hurry, you're filled with anxiety, you're not sure, you're just going to say, you're just going to be silent and sort of squirrel away. I imagine some of you may have had the same experience once or twice. There's a few nods. But what's Peter going to do now with the risen Jesus? I mean, what is Jesus going to be coming with finger wagging? What we know, not in this particular story, but the end of the Gospel of John. John chapter 21. Jesus makes an appointment with Peter. 
He looks for him. Has a little breakfast meeting on the beach. See, Peter had gone back to fishing. I figure Peter's like, okay, Jesus is good, but I'm ruined. You know, I'm no good. I can't be the one to, to really do what I was supposed to be doing, but I know Jesus is the one. I'm going to go back to fishing just doing that thing. And Jesus meets him on the beach, gets a few fish. They eat together. And while he's there, Jesus forgives Peter three times. Three times. Tells him he's forgiven. And three times, and just forgive him, he ordains him for the rest of his life. Because now, go feed my sheep. You go carry this message, this truth of salvation, of resurrection, of power over death, power over shame, power over sin. You go now take that to the rest of the world. And that's what Peter did till his death. He was totally forgiven. A scandalous forgiveness that he only had to receive. He didn't have to do anything else. He simply had to receive the words that Jesus told him, you are forgiven. It it, it still is hard for me to even say that out loud. I want to add something to it. You're supposed to do something else. No. This is the scandalous grace of Jesus. And in that moment, Peter was renewed with hope and purpose. He understood even more deeply the character of God. Formed by that same character. In this moment, what we just read is now preaching to those that executed Jesus. He's preaching to the ones who were hammering nails into his flesh. He's preaching to those that were making jokes about him while he's hanging on the cross. I mean, he says, you are the ones that killed him. Lawless men, you lawless men, you're the ones that killed him. Now, you got to be figuring some of Peter's buddies, you know, they're like, yeah, okay, go get him. Go get him, Peter. Call down that lightning bolt. Well, let's just see these fireworks. And you got to figure some of the people who were there who still had the hammer in their toolbox, they're like, whoa, this is bad news. I should leave. But that that's not what Peter does. He cries out to the people who just executed Jesus. Says to them, come to him. Come to him. That same forgiveness that I've received, he wants to extend it to you. Come, receive that forgiveness. You too can find this same purpose, this same hope, no matter what's going on. No matter if it's the the chaos that's going on all around you that Peter experienced when Jesus was crucified or the inner turmoil that Peter experienced when he came to grips with the shame of his denial of Jesus and just how scared he was. Whether it's the outer chaos or the inner turmoil, the power of the resurrection brings hope and purpose to anyone who will receive it. Friends, you too can have this same hope and purpose. Same hope and purpose that that Jesus gave to Peter who denied him, same hope and purpose Jesus gave to those that hung him on the cross. 
you too can have that renewal, that hope, and that purpose. Peter carried this hope and renewal even, as I mentioned, to the end of his death. And to me, that's one of the the greatest signs of the reality of the resurrection. Because of all that Peter went through, we should have never heard from him again. But something happened. He saw the risen Jesus. And then he went and telling other people about it. And even died for it. Ten of the other apostles did the same thing. They saw the risen Jesus. You had 120 people that were gathered after the crucifixion, gathered at the resurrection, that saw the risen Jesus. They, they too, were a part then of the church and faced all... ...done that just for something that they made up? Or did they really see Jesus face to face? Now, some folks like to think, well, maybe what they did is they stole the body. Because, you know, if the body was there, the Romans and the other Jewish leaders, all they had to do was go get his carcass. Hey, here's Jesus. He's dead. Why are you talking about him being alive? And there are other false messiahs within 100 years before Jesus and 100 years after Jesus who sort of did the same thing Jesus did. And that's what the leaders did that opposed those false messiahs. They went and got the dead body and said, hey, this guy's not alive. He's dead. They didn't do that with Jesus. Well, they, maybe they stole the body. Well, if, would Peter steal the body and then go give the rest of his life to preaching that Jesus was risen from the dead, even to his own demise? Would he go be preaching a lie, knowing that it was a lie, if it meant his own death? And would that have happened with all the other disciples as well? I don't think so. I think this is one of those realities that comes home that for all of us who follow Jesus in the midst of the greatest chaotic storm around us or the greatest turmoil within us, this is where we come back. We come back to the risen Jesus. We come back with King David. We come back with Peter. No matter what, you are the one that leads me to life. Brothers and sisters, friends, if this... If this is true, that God became human and lived among us, that he died and then was raised to new life, where if this is true, where else are we going to find life? Where else are we truly going to find purpose? Where else are we going to find something greater than the circumstances around us or the emotions within us? I have found in the midst of chaos around me or the midst of turmoil within me that the risen Christ is the place where I find my anchor for what is true and good, what is life-giving, what brings hope and joy. Some of you, you know, are, have been giving yourselves, you've been seeking and following after Jesus for a long time. And and yes, you believe he rose from the dead. But maybe right now that sense of comfort and strength are just not true for you in this moment. 
Maybe today you're relating more to Peter when he denied Jesus. Maybe you've just been going through the motions. Maybe you've just been checking off the boxes. Or maybe you've been investigating other things to do that you know Jesus doesn't want you to do. And you've been denying him to his face. Maybe that's you today. You're just like Peter. He's coming for you. He's turned to you. He said, come to me today. Renew your faith in me today. Renew in your, your life for Jesus today. If you've lost that sense of celebration and you want to walk again in the fullness of the power of the resurrection today, Jesus says, come to me now. Whether it's the first time, the hundred and first time, the thousandth and first time. Others of you here today have maybe never really been serious about following Jesus. Maybe maybe you're here uh, today because Grandma said you need to come to church today. And you know, if you go to church with Grandma, then that means you get to go to lunch with Grandma. And that's banging. You know, Easter lunch at Grandma's house is banging. It's worth listening to this dude talk for 30 minutes. And maybe that's why you're here today. It is so glad you're here. But if you want the same confidence and security that Peter had in the midst of such a storm. If if you've been looking for that. You're looking for what is true. What is good. Where do I find the path of life for me. Then I invite you today to, to come to Jesus. He's here for you too. Man, if he forgave the guy that hammered nails into his flesh, then he'll forgive you and me. I don't care what you've done. He knows it. You're not surprising him. At the end of the service, we'll have folks you can pray with in front of each of those doors there and you can come forward and and pray uh, with them, whether it's um, for whatever the need. If it's to come back to Jesus or come to Jesus the first time, invite you to come. Or again, whatever the need might be, love for you to pray there. Or maybe you're you're in a place of like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I want to check it out. Okay. Check it out. Keep keep coming. Keep checking them out. Um, Invite all of anyone and everyone to, to come be a part of growth groups where we come together in small groups and really share life with each other. Look at the word and share that with each other. Those of you that are really investigating want to investigate Jesus and I encourage you to, in June, we start a 10-week small group gathering uh, uh, called Alpha. And at that place, any question, anything you want to argue about, anything you want to talk about Jesus, you want to push back on Jesus, you want to really push hard into him, that's the place to really check him out. Look under every rock. Read every word. That's the the place where we'll do that and invite you to participate in that also. But note here at the end, at the end, Peter makes his invitation. When they, they, the, the crowd says, what shall we do? He says, this is what you do. Repent. And repent just means change directions. You know, you're following, uh, whoever you're following, don't follow them anymore. Follow Jesus. That's what repent means. Change direction. Be baptized. And we get to celebrate a baptism today. Baptism means you publicly profess your faith and become part of a community of faith. See, being a Christian.
where we support and encourage one another. That's why those growth groups, that's why gathering and worship services, they're, they're not just to put on an event. They are to feed one another and help support and encourage us as we're trying to follow Jesus in this crazy, chaotic world and in the midst of the turmoil that's within us. So he says, you, so you, you be baptized. And then, what does he say? Well, that, you're, you repent, you turn, follow me. You baptize, join, you're, you're forgiven. Forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit is yours. This exactly the same thing that happened to Peter that caused this huge transformation in these six weeks is yours and mine in Christ. And he's clear. Anyone, everyone, your children, those that are far away, come. The Lord is calling you today. Again, at the end of the service, invite you to come forward for, for prayer. Or if you just want to continue to check it out, invite you to come continue to hang out and, and check out the same thing that transformed Peter's life. That gave him purpose and hope and anchor and life in the midst of turmoil outside or turmoil inside. Jesus offers to you and to me. Let's pray.